Welcome to The Driven Entrepreneur, where we sit down with visionaries, trailblazers, and entrepreneurs and discover why and how they do what they do. We'll get the backstory, plus plenty of life and business lessons along the way. Here's your host, Matt Browning. Broadcasting from the Leadership Academy Studios, aka my new basement. Welcome to the Driven Entrepreneur, the go to plan for coaches, authors, speakers, and entrepreneurs, of course, of all kinds, to start, grow, and profit a business that you love. I'm your host, Matt Browning, and today we are opening it up to some incredible entrepreneur guests. As you know, we are in full, full pre release mode for my brand new book. Uh, that we're co-authoring with some incredible entrepreneurs and individuals called Driven to Courage, How to Deal with the Unexpected and Come Out Stronger. Uh, and today we have one of our authors from the book is going to be joining us uh, for a really fun and interesting interview. She has an incredible story of overcoming that I can't wait for her to share with you, um, as well as some really interesting strategies in business uh, as it pertains to TikTok exclusively and how to use TikTok, not just in the TikTok world, but actually in all of your social media interactions, she's going to help you make your life easier in that space. So, you know, my guest here, Melissa Hughes, she's been booked on the Kelly Clarkson show twice, featured for the New York Times bestseller Primal Scream on NBC, and she has over a quarter million followers on YouTube, uh, uh, nearly a quarter million followers on TikTok, over 9 million likes and a gazillion million video views. She's the best-selling author of She Can Laugh and the children's book Mommy Loves You When through Dinosaur Publisher House. Um, and of course, she's a contributing author and driven to courage without any further ado. Melissa Hughes, welcome to the show. How are you? Great. I'm super excited to be here today, Matt. You made me sound really good. <laughs> well, I didn't make you sound like anything because you are really good. I, this comes up a lot too. I think it's interesting. Do you ever feel like You've done a lot of things already in, in your entrepreneur career and in your life. But when you hear that stuff, you know, sometimes before I go on stage, I hear my bio being read and I go, gosh, like, is this really happened? Like, yeah. you know, it, does this feel real to you that you're, you've become the person that you are, you know, quote unquote? No, no. And I think back to like everything that's kind of like on paper and it all sounds so good. But as you know, even with the book that you're going to be coming out with the path that you go on to have all those things happen is usually unconventional, unexpected. And there's a lot of, a lot of things that you learn along the journey. So, yeah. And you've had a lot of unconventional and unexpected things happen. And that's actually the whole theme of the book is how to deal with the unexpected and come out stronger. And I think you are one of these people that when I look at you and, and our friendship we've had for, I don't know how many years now, six years, seven years yeah. at least. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, I watch you and your husband interacting with life and with church and with business and with your kids and just, you know, everything. And it seems like the harder life hits you, which it has certainly, and we'll get into some of those stories. Um, you both have always responded with an incredible resilience, but also an incredible disposition to it. When you were growing up, can you kind of, I don't know, catch us up a little bit. I, I know when you're growing up, you, you talk a lot about how life wasn't as hard as it was for some other people. And you kind of had those rose colored glasses. Mm. Um, and it wasn't until later in life that you really started walking through some real challenges of your own. Tell us briefly kind of what was it like growing up and what was not having challenges? What does that look like? <laughs> this is such a good question, Matt. 
Yeah, I, it's so funny because I genuinely feel like I lived that classic American girl lifestyle that you see in movies where like, just to paint a picture for you, Matt, I was homecoming queen of my high school. I drove around in a white convertible and I literally would spend my weekends driving around with the top down music blaring with my friends. Um, the homecoming I, queen, really? Yes, I was. <laughs> I always dreamed, what would it be like to be a homecoming king, homecoming queen? Like, <laughs> What was that like? Yeah, was that it was the popular kid. Yeah, exactly. And it just, everything always went well for me. Um, and I just, things always worked out. And my friends would actually always say that about me. They're like, just seems like stuff just always works out for you. Um, and so I kind of went into adulthood with like, just that mentality. There was this sense about me that like, um, like, like skies were the limit. Nothing could hold me down. Um, whatever I set my mind to was going to happen. And it did. And, um, it was just like, it really was like roses, Skittles and sunshine, not to say that there weren't challenges (laughs) growing up, you know, everybody has those like things that they go, but after hearing a lot of other people's stories growing up, mine was pretty idealistic. Yeah. You're not walking through abuse. You're not walking through significant loss. You're not walking through any of that, that type of thing. How much do you feel like of that? And we'll get into this as we get into your story a little more. How much of that Skittles and rainbows <laughs> you now as a mother yourself look to your kids and say, hey, I want, because I, I love that. I want you to believe mm-hmm. that the sky's a limit. You can do anything. And guess what? I did. And you can too. And I see you with your mm-hmm. kids. I know that that's part of it. Do you now temper that with mm-hmm. part of the reality of, hey, and, you know, we get tested and there's hard things and here's what you, you know, how do you approach motherhood in relationship to your childhood? Such good. These are amazing questions, Matt. Just up in um, this weird brain of mine. Yeah. It's, I actually literally had this exact situation yesterday. My daughter, we were getting bikes out of the garage and my daughter couldn't seem to like pull her bike out. Cause there was stuff in the way and she just sat on the floor and started crying. And I don't know what other parents do and don't judge me, but I was just like, well, baby, going to have to figure that out. And I really literally saw myself in like my early twenties, how I would respond to life. If just things didn't work out, it's like, you just sit down and you think, oh, well, I tried it this way. And so it must not, it must not work. I guess God doesn't want me to go for a bike ride today. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Right. But it's like, I really want you to like, think like, how can you get that bike? What can you move? How can you figure it out? So I did not help her. Um, I coached her from afar. Think about it, baby, stand up, figure it out. What are you going to do? How can you make this work? Um, rather than rescuing her. So that is, that is like just a small picture of kind of how I have appreciated resilience. Do you, right. do you feel like, did you get rescued as, as a younger girl, whether you realized it or not at the time, was that a lot of like, kind of sometimes how things worked out was, you know, mom or dad or someone kind of swooped in and, you know, if the ice cream fell, boom, magically they bought new ice cream, that kind of a yes. thing. Yes. You did have some of that. Okay. Yes. And now mm-hmm. I, I love that you're bringing the, the power <laughs> and the positivity to it, but you're also bringing the capability, right. And the, yes. and the empowering your children. I think that's awesome. So when you start growing up, um, tell us a little bit about this story of long before you're having the dream of entrepreneurship, you already wrote your book. She can laugh. Mm-hmm. Um, well, t- tell us about the genesis of that real quick. Cause I, I don't think I've heard that story is 
what sparked the the idea of I'm not a quote unquote entrepreneur, but I want to write a book. I have something to say. How did that come about? And what did you learn from it? I think, Matt, I've really always had a heart that has really wanted to encourage. I think that's like my heart. I want to encourage people. I want to help people. I want to serve people. And I honestly, it did not come from this thing of, I want to make money. I want to be an author. It was, hey, this would be really cool to do to like write a book. And at the time, this was before everybody was all gung-ho about holistic health. But I had this like heart of thinking, man, I would love to help women just be empowered and how like they pursue their life and their dreams. And kind of the revelation that I walked in at that time is like, go for it and like, don't let life hold you back and let go of some of that fear and like, you know, really pursue your dream life and don't live in the mundane. Um, And so I, that was kind of the premise of it. And like the, the thing I just saw a lot of people were living lives and having jobs that just didn't get them excited in the morning. And I thought it would be awesome to create a book that helps women live holistically healthy and pursue their dreams. That's so awesome. And I love that you just were like, you know what? I think that's a little bit of that homecoming queen coming out, right? Like, you know what? (laughs) I want to, I want to share a book and a story. So I'm going to like, Mm -hmm. let's just, let's just do that. And then it came together wonderfully. Um, in fact, I think you published the same uh, publishing house, our friend uh, Josh Best with mm-hmm. Oppressed and Oppressed, right? Yes. Yeah, that was the same publishing house that we did for the Firebox Principle, the last book too. So that was really fun to to see you. In fact, we did a book launch event and your books were there, my books were there. And that was that was a pretty special thing back in 2018. That, so neat to see. So yeah. You, now, w- was the book coming out, the She Can Laugh book, was that before you moved to the UK to plant the church or was that after? That was before, wasn't it? It was, yeah, we we were in edits and like finalizing everything around that first year that I was there, but I had pretty much finished writing it before we had gone. Okay, so it was right around that time. So so walk us through this. So Homecoming Queen, um, author, Skittles, everything's great. You are pretty well freshly married, you know, or in the first few years, and you and your husband are praying to decide and hear that you're going to go to the UK to mm-hmm. a small little valley in the country of Wales, mm-hmm. uh, which is a real country, guys. It's west of England. It's a real <laughs> country. Uh, I've been there, visited you guys over there, actually. Mm-hmm. And to plant a church. Tell us about like what happens when you hit the ground. And obviously, everything worked out wonderfully. Um, <laughs> you hit the ground running. and But yeah, t- tell us a little bit about kind of that story of, of what that's like to to go get this dream and this vision of what you know you're supposed to do. And then you go to execute it. And I know it didn't turn out exactly how you thought it was. Mm-hmm. Fill us in on that a bit. Yeah. So um, we originally actually had planned to move to Bristol in England, which was, it's this really cool thriving city in England. Um, we were super excited to move there. I mean, yeah, we were newly married and everything. We land and a month after like kind of getting settled there, which we didn't, uh, we were staying with friends. We were looking for a place to live and everything like that. I got a phone call one day as I'm sitting in one of the most beautiful cities in the UK in Bath, you know, sipping on a cup of tea, eating a scone with jam and cream. And it was my husband. And he said that he had been in a minor car accident and he just needed me to come to the hospital. And because he was so calm, I thought that it was like, he had maybe just gotten into a fender bender and um, I don't know. He, he said he bumped his leg. 
So I turn up at the hospital. Yeah. Turn up at the hospital, walk in and he is stretched out on a hospital bed with tubes everywhere, completely out of it. High as a kite on drugs. Nurses are scurrying about and my heart hits the floor and he was in a horrific car accident, really should have died. And from that point, Matt, we found out that he was going to be bedridden for a year, um, unable to work. I was unable to work because of my visa and I, he was going to need me as his full-time carer. Um, so that's two reasons you can't work. Yes. Even if you could, you couldn't, right? Yes. Living in another country with now no car, no place to live, no furniture, away from family. And I found out I was pregnant. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wow. So not exactly. I mean, I feel like you were like walking down this road of everything Mm -hmm. is kind of expected and like working. Mm -hmm. And then it's like hit, hit, hit. What was your... What's your initial reaction? Because again, the, the whole theme of this book that we're writing together is how to deal with the unexpected and come out stronger. And again, I, I yeah. want to bring that in so people understand there's victory in this and you are definitely one of the people, like all of our authors who found the victory on the other side, right? As you walk through these things. Um, but what's the initial reaction when you, I guess, I don't know, did you come to grips with it right away? Did it take weeks or months to really sink in of what the new situation is when you have a a vision of what's supposed to be. And now that vision changes. Yeah. No, Matt. (laughs) I thought, (laughs) I thought, Oh, this is just a little hiccup. This is just a little bump in the road. And I really truly did not. I, I honestly thought in my head, well, you know what, you know, God's obviously called us here we have a vision and everything's going to get better. Everything's going to be great. Um, why would we feel like God call us here for it to be not good? Um, and I have to tell you this too, Matt, just to paint a further picture, but the only place that would rent to us as well at that point was a funeral home. So we lived on top of a funeral home and we could no longer live in Bristol. We did end up living in a valley in Wales and we lived there. And then the next place that would, the only place that would rent to us was a cemetery. <laughs> that was where we lived it was a funeral home and a cemetery. And even you, that I, could I couldn't not... write this story. Better. I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> wow. And, and guys, paint this picture. So I, I've, I've been out there and we visited and I've, I've actually been to both those places. She's not kidding. They were living above a funeral home. There are hearses driving in and out. Right. It's a commercial yeah. funeral home with a little like apartment on top. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and what was you, you shared one of these stories recently when you were speaking, I think at, at, uh, at our uh, leading voice summit, the best speaker ever event, mm-hmm. you were talking about how you'd be like maybe lying in bed and you're up upstairs mm-hmm. and you can hear there's like a funeral going on. There's a oh, full yeah. service. We'd always hear the songs. A lot of people love Celine Dion at their funeral. <laughs> We'd be laying there. Obviously my husband was just totally um, out of it because he was on so much pain medication, but yeah, it'd be Celine Dion or the organ music coming up from the floorboards every morning. It was <laughs> leave it to Celine Dion to set the mood. Oh yeah. Funeral. Oh my gosh. So you're, you're stepping into this. Um, mm-hmm. your husband is beginning the recovery process. You're learning how to caretake. You're figuring out how to make ends meet, what's going to happen while you're still living here. What I find interesting is I think most people, 
would, you know, once he's stable and able to travel, most people would say, Hey, gigs up, you know, like, you know, obviously the UK was supposed to be great, but we didn't anticipate this and, you know, he can't work and I can't work and he's massively injured and we're not going to plant the church same way as we figured. And now I'm pregnant. Let's come back home. Mm-hmm. You didn't come back home. No. Was there ever discussion of coming back home? Did you say, could we do this? Could we do that? Or was it always, no, this is not an option. We know we're supposed to be here. Tell, walk yeah. us through kind of the decision of what it looks like to move forward. Yeah, to be honest, man, like during that time, there was never even a thought in my head that we were going to go back. Um, I just felt so confident that we were supposed to be there. And I felt such a, it's weird in the midst of like all of the, challenge like I felt peace about being there and I felt such a compassion we lived in one of the poorest areas in the UK and I felt a huge compassion for the people and like I love the people there and loved the connections we were making and I felt like we were doing a good thing it's just our like us personally we were just struggling um you know it started out like with that situation but then we were struggling to make money. Obviously we couldn't work. And just one thing after another, after another for the next three and a half years just seemed to go wrong. We, um, I, I can't even, it was, it's the, the craziest things would just happen to us. You know, that saying everything you touch turns to gold. It was like everything we touched turned to crap and the sense of, <laughs> you know, I had one situation. I had a lady start stalking me on Facebook, found out where I lived, came to our house when I had my children, like just weird, weird stuff that you can't explain. And it just was nothing felt happy um, outside of the fact of like having faith and hope that things would maybe turn around. Yeah. And this is, and you're talking about, again, set the the stage. This is like what, a four-year-ish mm-hmm. kind of journey yes. of staying the course. What yes. advice do you have for someone who feels like they might be in the midst of their living by the cemetery uh, in Wales season in life? And it's like, you know, maybe you're a couple years, you know how long it's going to go, but you know that you got to get through it. You know, you're supposed to be here. You know, there's something good on the other side, but I'm getting weary and I'm yeah. getting tired in the moment. What got you through those nights when you thought I can't get through this? Yeah, man, Matt, there's like, I'm going to write a book on this <laughs> because there's so, I, I get emotional thinking about that moment. Cause it was so real for me at that time. But one of the biggest moment, like one of the most um, kind of turning point moments for me was I had a friend call me and she asked me, Melissa, how are you doing? And I was just struggling but I didn't want to kind of say I was struggling. And she said, how are you doing? I said, you know, we've had some challenges, but I've got faith. And I think for Christians, if you are a person who has faith or believes in God, there's almost the shame attached. If you're really honest about what you think, because you feel like it has something to do with God and your faith. And that was kind of a belief system that I had that I didn't realize I had, but she just said to me on the phone, you know, Melissa, it's okay to just say that things are really hard right now. And I couldn't come to grips with it because I, I would have to answer a question that I was just totally unprepared to answer, which was, so if God is good, then why would he call us into something so bad? And I was really having this like personal faith crisis, um, 
wondering like, is God really good? And I, and for me, Matt, like the foundation of everything that I do has kind of rested on the goodness of God. You know, how can you trust somebody unless you believe they're good? And so when I started to like look around at our life and like kind of everything that was happening on the outside, I just thought I honestly be finally being honest. I'm struggling to believe that God is good and he's always been good to me, but is God still good when life is bad? And I didn't have that, an answer. Wow. And that, that's real. That's a very yeah. real moment. And, yeah. and I just love even you talking about it now. I can feel it, you know, as a Christian myself, I can feel that, 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 um, nipping of guilt of like, even mm -hmm. like, oh, can we talk about this? Like, mm -hmm. you know, if you say, well, I struggle to know, is God always good? You have to almost clarify and say, well, I know he is mm -hmm. right. Let's like, I have to tell people that I know it's okay, but, and I just love that. You're like, well, this is exactly how I felt. Yeah. Growing up, you, it's like, I know he's good and everything was good. Mm-hmm but it, it is easy to have faith when things are working out and when yes. things don't work out, it's like, well, what does that mean? So mm -hmm. you, and I know we, we've talked about this quite a bit, but again, I, I'm going to keep saying this, let's catch up all our listeners on um, kind of what happens next. So now you're having this, I don't know if you call it a crisis of faith or you have it a, a big question mark, but you have this thing where like, okay, God, I need to know what mm -hmm. the heck I need to know what the truth is here. And you started yeah. praying. Um, Tell us about that moment when he starts speaking to you and you start understanding mm. why you're here and what you have in store next. Yes. This is my so, favorite part of your story because it just, <laughs> I, I, you don't, sometimes you just don't expect it, right? Yes. It was really then like wrestling and like leaning into the pain. It sounds weird, but you almost have to lean into the pain. And as I was praying about it one day, I really felt God like put on my heart that while I so desperately wanted a pain-free life, he was entrusting to me a profound life. And I just had this realization that you can't have a triumph without a tragedy. You can't love deeply or risk greatly without experiencing heartache and struggle and disappointment. And those words actually came to me from a chapter in a book. Um, it's from this book, from this man, Erwin McManus. The book is Artisan Soul. I encourage oh, anyone sure. to read it. Yeah. Yeah. Pastor and Mosaic Church out in LA, right? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Erwin, phenomenal speaker. And yeah. he knows his stuff. He does. And he talked and, it, and in the book, he even mentioned like not even Jesus could pull it off. Like while he had the crowds, he had the miracles, he had the healings, but then he, he had the cross, he had the betrayal, he had the suffering. And I just finally, like, it all made sense that like life and I'm an Enneagram seven, Matt, any Enneagram fans out there woo, so maybe this might hit it home, but it's really about living this profound life. And guy, he, he really spoke to me and, and it was this understanding that Mountaintop experiences are for sights and inspiration, but the fruit grows in the valleys. And I really, I literally was living in a valley and I started to see how, while this pain and this like difficulty that I'm going through, I don't know how it's going to turn out good, but I know that fruit is going to come from this season. And I know that there's something like there's a purpose for the pain. 
and I'm living my most profound life um, by embracing all aspects of the, of our life and our walk with God and, and this journey called life. And see, to me, when, when you say that, I feel now more inspired, like more inspired by like, oh my gosh, it's so hard, but I'm going to, we're going to get through this. Mm -hmm. That is so much more inspirational than, Hey, life is good. It's great to have moments, right? Seasons Mm -hmm. when life is good, but it's just way more inspirational when life is bad, but you know, we're going to do something. We're going to get through that. And then again, I know you, uh, you're now praying, you're trying you're figuring out what is coming next. What is coming next? God, what do you have for me? And he says, you hear the weirdest thing, which I think again, one of my favorite parts of your story, tell us what's because you, you have a major transition coming up. You're coming back to America at this point. Yep. It's a few years in. And now mm-hmm. you're like, well, we're here and we got through this. But like, for what purpose? Mm-hmm. I think is really what the question is. And what, what do you hear about that? And what's coming next? He just randomly started putting on my heart to like start posting videos on social media. And it was so like out of left field, but I was like, really like everywhere I looked, I felt like that was what was coming up. So I ended up, um, talking to my husband about it and said, Hey, I don't know why, but I feel like I'm supposed to give my time to putting videos out there on social media. I don't really know about what. So we literally held hands one night, prayed this super simple prayer. God, if Melissa is supposed to give her time to like social media or posting videos, would you just make it clear? And then five days later, Matt, I randomly uploaded this video on a platform that I'd kind of heard of called TikTok. And it was a video platform, but I was just trying to figure out how to even post on there. And I uploaded this video of my kids sledding. And the next morning I woke up and that video generated 22 million views. And I landed a spot on the Kelly Clarkson show. What? What's the time frame? Tell us again. It was five days from the- okay. Time that we Here you're supposed to do it. Yes. Five days later, you go, let me just film this random yeah. sledding. Which, by the way, guys, may, what's your TikTok handle? Make sure if you're on TikTok, obviously follow Melissa because your stuff's really good. But I love if it's still up there, right? Your original, yep, the like original the video. <laughs> it's hilarious. Mm-hmm. And you can, you can tell us because we have a long form interview here. What was the segment on the Kelly Clarkson show that you uh, landed on? <laughs> It was awesome. It was all about mom fails. (laughs) And I love that I got to represent the mom community that feel like they just fail all the time. Yeah. And and, and here's a great thing. You're not failing, but the video so looked like a fail. It was absolutely Mm -hmm. hilarious. I'm not going to spoil it, but it's sledding and you're going to pop and it's so worth watching. So uh, yeah, go throw Melissa a follow on TikTok at what? Um, Or Melissa Lee Hughes. Yeah. Melissa Lee Hughes, L-E-A, middle name, Melissa Lee Hughes on TikTok. Yeah. You're M Hughes 79. I, I just looked it up right here. I got it on my on my chart, Melissa. Yes, I yes. just changed my name because oh, you did? That, Never mind. that was what was auto-generated from TikTok when I didn't know how to post and I just left it there. And then someone recently was like, you've kind of moved on from being like that newbie on the platform. You should probably change your name. So yeah, now you have almost a quarter million followers. You should probably uh, update from like, best mom high five 82 65 yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's good um so you have now and this, again what i love i love so much about your story but one of the things i love so much about it is the obscurity 
of the direction and the vision for your next seasons. And sometimes in life and sometimes in business, it really is that way. Yeah. When we listen and follow God's wisdom, when you hear that, that gut, your, your intuition saying, hey, this is the direction. It doesn't always make sense, but when you really know that you know that you know, you follow it, and that's the kind of thing that should you know, happen. Now, if, if you heard you're supposed to go on social media and you started posting videos and you did it for three years straight and no one ever watched and you're getting burned out and frustrated, and you know, maybe, right, maybe we heard wrong, um, but this is not <laughs> the case for you. Yeah. Uh, you've gone on and you really encourage the mom community, the faith community, um, and everything that you're talking about in your stories on TikTok. But then mm-hmm. more recently in the last little while, last year or so, you really started turning your skills and talents and gifting in this that you've been using so much to grow your platform. And you started helping me and started helping people in my community. And that's where, you know, we started to say, okay, well, let's, let's get you in the book and let's, let's do more and more things together here. What, what do you want? What should I know? I don't think I can even lead this interview anymore. I'm going to turn it over to the, to the educational side, this educational mm-hmm. part of our conversation for this last uh, session here. What do I need to know as a business owner, as an entrepreneur about TikTok? What is it? Should I be on it? Who shouldn't be on it? Anything that I need to know that I don't even know to ask, uh, the floor is yours. Please help us all. Okay. Okay. So Matt, I'm going to say something that's a little hard to hear. So are you ready? Okay. I'm ready. I'm ready. <laughs> With social media right now, for any person listening, any business owner, any person trying to do marketing on social media, if your plan is to continue posting static images on your social media platforms, you are going to be left behind. You have got to learn, any person listening, how to create short form video. And with TikTok, the reason why this platform really is it really actually was a social media disruptor um, in 2020 when it took off because of the popularity. It is the second most downloaded app right now. And the amount of time it's taken to become the second most downloaded app is immensely shorter. I think it's in three years, it took is what TikTok took to get to where Instagram was. So, you know, and if you look at the trends of how Facebook started and then all the young people migrated off Facebook and got onto Instagram. And now Instagram has really been the platform for the last 10 years, but now Gen Z is coming up and they're like, oh, Instagram's too curated. It's too polished. It's too professional. That younger generation is moving to TikTok and the older people are being like, I'm not getting on TikTok. No, I'm on too many platforms. And they're I don't get all these it. short, these weird dancing videos. I don't yeah. get it. I don't want to get it. no. But they're going to, your business owners will regret it because you'll miss out on that early adopter phase to grow easily, more easily, and be able to capitalize on the influence and and selling from the platform. And so I think um, a lot of people think that TikTok is just for like the younger generation, but I have seen me personally, I posted about my kid's book. And got 500 sales in a couple of days, became a number two Amazon bestseller, not by messaging people, hey, can you buy my book and having it on discount, but just because of the opportunity and the virality that is available on TikTok. So you business just owners, let your TikTok people know, hey, I got a new book and boom, everyone's buying it. Yeah. That is so but cool. what's amazing, Matt, is it, do- this is like really important for people to know. 
each video that you make can perform on its own. It is not necessarily correlated to the amount of followers that you have, which is why people can get discovered. Whereas on like Instagram, the more followers you have, your video or your content is going to get seen by more people. But on TikTok, each video has the opportunity, if it's good content, to perform on its own, regardless of how many followers. So you could see a video that has a million views. You go to the person's profile and they have 15 followers, just like me. My video generated 22 million views and I had zero followers. Zero followers, no videos. Yes. Okay. So, okay. So if I get that right, then it's some of the other social media, it's very much like follower profile dependent. It's about who's who a lot more with TikTok. It's really content first. And if it's good content, if it's compelling content, if people, you know, and I see a lot of these like reels, can you talk a, a bit about that too? So short form video reels, Instagram is of course doing those and Facebook's doing those and YouTube has YouTube shorts and everyone's, and just like when clubhouse came out and, and made a big splash in the audio world, everyone jumped on board within a few months and they all have rooms and mm-hmm. it never works the same as the first adopters, mm-hmm. right? It never does. I don't know anyone who's ever gone to a Facebook room and tried to do a thing, but clubhouse was still thriving. TikTok, I feel like is a lot the same way. There's reels and shorts everywhere, but TikTok is the land of the short videos. So yeah. why short videos? Um, I got a couple questions on that. So I guess why short videos? And is it sustainable in your opinion? Because I think if, if for me, if we speak to someone's attention span, mm-hmm. I see that I'm this old guy who goes, man, this is the world's going bad. Like I don't want yeah. Right. If everyone has a short attention span, what are we going to go next? It's going to be two second videos. It's going to be one second videos. I don't like that, but there's something to it. That's obviously working. So what's good about the short form video concept Mm -hmm. and process, and maybe what are drawbacks about it? We should know about. Yeah. So the good thing about it is what, what I love is it's value packed videos that are like little nuggets of gold that people can get just from going on your page. And, you know, if you think about YouTube, people loved, that was like short form, 10 minute videos, you know, that was like, wow, I can go on YouTube and I don't have to go to college. Like I can actually learn something from this guy for 10 minutes. And now it's just a created a shorter form video. That's like, rather than having all this intro and this palava and this introduction, it's like, just give me the meat and bones. And you can do that in one minute. And then people are educated on that plant on that platform. Um, and so the short form is really kind of nice for busy people. And I think because there's not all this palava around it, like an intro and a, and is all that a technical stuff. term. Yeah. Yeah. Palava. yeah. palava. There you oh, go. I, I like that. Okay. So, so with the short form, you're not, cause that, that's one of the, the barriers I think to entry for, you know, I'm going to do a Udemy course. I'm going to do a YouTube channel is well now I need to have a trailer and an open and a close mm-hmm. and I need to edit and 112 mm-hmm. jump cuts and how am I going to do this? Um, but with TikTok, it's very much value is raw, value in authentic authenticity. Yeah. 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 People just want the content. I mean, Matt, I grew my account to over 200,000 followers by posting TikToks in my car on my lunch break while working that a full-time job. That's the best. So it's like everybody's sitting there with their high-tech quality equipment wanting to get followers and the people on the screen are like, I just want to connect. So for business owners and entrepreneurs, 
it's like, look, just say it, just get in front of the camera and record and give your content away. And you could grow a following. That's good. So your high quality equipment was your cell phone. Yep. And And my car. And great lighting. <laughs> but you didn't actually need the car. <laughs> yeah. You just use the little vanity mirror light and you're good to go. Yeah. I love that. You're like, no ring lights, no setup, no, no studio. I, and again, it's like you're leaning into what is, and that's actually what makes it work. That's what's so fun. When yeah. you go, hey, I don't have a whole studio. I'm, um, excuse me, that's why like in uh, the intro for this show, I, you know, my new intro is I always start off, you know, my new studio, aka my new basement because I'm in my basement right now. And, and, but I want you to know that I'm just like you, you know, it's like, you don't need to have some fancy anything to be able to live your dream and do the thing you want to do. Melissa, you have, uh, and you created a TikTok viral content blueprint. Uh, and this is actually very, very cool. Uh, tell us a bit about that and then where we can grab it. Cause you are given that as a gift for free, which I think is really, really cool. Um, but it's also a just like all your short form videos packed full of content and value. Yeah. So just when I was first starting out on the platform and trying to figure out how to, how to share, I was finding my videos were tanking and I didn't know why. And then I realized that there's actually a way to communicate value on the app where you need to first give a hook and then maybe address the pain point, give a value bomb and then give a call to action what a lot of people do is they'll open up their video and go, Hey guys, I'm just here. Oh, happy Wednesday. And oh it's my like, gosh. you've lost them. So this is really, um, Be- better than like nothing, a, right? Something's better than nothing, but that's not the way to get engagement. No, no. Yeah. So it's really a way to structure your videos. That's awesome. So it's just a simple little blueprint you mm-hmm. follow. And, and like you said, it's like, what, you know, what's there a hook? What's there this, how long does it take you to to using your own blueprint, how long does it take you to plan, quote unquote, mm-hmm. um, one of your videos at a lunch break when you were doing that? I'm sure you'd think about it first. You don't just open your phone like the other people did, as you said, hey guys, mm-hmm. but you, you put a little thought into it and you go, okay, I'm going to talk about this. You know, this mm-hmm. is probably my hook. How long does that planning process legitimately take for you? Yeah. So what I would do, Matt, to be honest, is I would just have ideas when I feel inspired and I'd keep a running tab of ideas on my, on notes in my phone. And then when I'd sit in my car on my lunch break, I just pull up my notes and pick a, pick a topic and it would come from my heart. So it was, it, to be honest, it was less planned. It's real. It was more about like, what, like what inspires me? And then I'm going to pick from the list of like, what I really want to talk about today. And I feel like because it's from that place, people can feel that through the screen. Um, and then I would just record one video could take me, you know, literally five minutes. Another video, if I feel like I'm messing up, <laughs> um, could take me 15 minutes or a half an hour. But but that's a long time. And that's because you decided yeah. to restart or something else like yeah. that. But, but all in all, you know, it, like you look at the idea, you get a few minutes, but you're using your content blueprint is the whole yeah. key that you're like, okay, as long as I'm following these principles, however I script it or don't script it or whatever, it's going to work out and people are going to engage. And you have certainly become a master of engagement in there. Uh, Where can they get that? And where can they follow you more? Yeah. So on my website is where you can download that blueprint. It's at www.melissaleehughes at gmail or that's also my, (laughs) you can email me too. Now you're about to email Melissa. I like it. (laughs) 
uh, melissaleehughes.com. You can email me at melissa at melissaleehughes.com. Follow me on Instagram, Melissa Lee Hughes. TikTok, Melissa Lee Hughes. No, we're not going on Instagram to follow you, Melissa Lee Hughes. We're going to go on TikTok and follow you guys. <laughs> if you have, if you don't follow anyone on TikTok, if you don't have any followers, download the app. I have two, I follow two people, I think. And one of them is Melissa Lee Hughes, um, because at some point I'm going to get this going. I yes. keep saying that, but I'm really going to get this going. You're, you're the, uh, uh, the rock star in my backyard that, uh, is going to, we're going to do this together. It's exciting. Yes. It's awesome. And of course we have our book coming out. It's in pre-sale right now, as we record this through July 15th. So if you want to check out the book and, 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 get Melissa's chapter in the chapter. Melissa writes all about, uh, you write about your story that you share with us, but you go into much more detail. Um, it's an incredible story. And then you share um, all of your, your tips and secrets and keys to be able to go viral with TikTok and really take this next season, um, take, your, take control of your business really, which mm -hmm. is taking control of your destiny. I love how your chapter came out. Very, very excited. Um, I really, really like how your chapter came out. It's, uh, Thank you. I just, you know, just smile the whole time thinking, man, this, this is good content. This is something that people need to read. The book is driven to courage, how to deal with the unexpected and come out stronger pre-sale right now. It's 20 bucks for pre-sale. But with that, we're giving a whole pre-sale bundle. It comes with the book, comes with the ebook. It comes with the audio book, all free, all included for the book for just 20 bucks. It also comes with two tickets to a personal development seminar called Success Revolution. Uh, I'll be leading and a lot of the authors will come to California and be speaking in August. Um, those tickets are separately $997 and they are being sold to the general public. But right now, if you get the book for pre-sale, you get two tickets, completely complimentary. They're part of the package. And mm -hmm. every uh, one of the authors gave a huge bonus gift uh, as part of our author co-author uh, co gift bundle. And that's all part of that. Uh, shipping's included during pre-sale as well. So a lot of good reasons to get there before July 15th. Go to driventocourage.com slash presale and get the book today. And then head to melissaleehughes.com and grab her viral uh, content blueprint. And you can get her books there and follow her and everything, all that good stuff. Melissa, thank you so much for coming on the show. You've been outstanding. Always love connecting with you mm -hmm. and always love showing you off for all of my friends here. Thanks, Matt. It's been an amazing time. Super honored to be here. All right, guys, that's the show for this week. Thanks again to my guest, Melissa Lee Hughes, TikTok extraordinaire, Kelly Clarkson guest and co-author of our new book, Driven to Courage, How to Deal with the Unexpected and Come Out Stronger, available for pre-sale, as we said. Make sure you follow Melissa at Melissa Lee Hughes. You can follow me at Matt Browning on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and probably TikTok. You never know. I might just be on there. <laughs> Follow me there. And if you want to get any of these past episodes and listen in on some of this, these incredible stories from driven entrepreneurs just like you, go to mattbrowningpodcast.com. They're all available in the archive right now. Get out there this weekend. You know what to do. Stay driven. I'll see you next week with another Driven Entrepreneur. Bye-bye.